Christ is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Briefly going back over the evangelist and we'll move on. We learned that an evangelist is to announce good news, a bringer of good tidings. An evangelist, evangelist is one who announces good news, who is a bringer of good tidings. Um, I went over Jesus as an evangelist in Mark 4. Mark 1, well, it was 417, wasn't it? Let me go back. Mark 1, 14 through 15. See, y'all paying attention. And this is telling you about what Jesus came to do. It say, now after John was arrested and put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the good news, the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, the appointed period of time is fulfilled, completed, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, have a change of mind, which issues in regret for past sins and a change in the conduct for the better. And believe, trust, and rely on and adhere to the good news, the gospel. So Jesus was coming into town. He was proclaiming the good news, the gospel of the kingdom, meaning to have a change of mind, turning from the world, turning unto God, turning unto the kingdom of God. So Jesus was the one that was setting an example for what an evangelist does. We also went over Luke 4, 18 through 19, when Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he have anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Um, we also talked about um, what was the good news he preached. We know it was the kingdom of God. Uh, that's verified in Matthew 4.23, Luke 4.43. And then the call of an evangelist, um, I took that out of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. I talked about uh, Philip the evangelist in the New Testament. You found Phyllis being, Philip being called an evangelist in Acts 21. You found him in Acts 8 um, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and um, signs and wonders followed what Philip preached. Um, we also um, looked at um, Acts 8 again when Philip went and um, preached unto the eunuch because he didn't know what he was reading. So Philip went and explained it to him, gave him understanding. He was baptized, um, and he became part of the kingdom of God. And we saw that Philip was translated somewhere else. So we know that an evangelist go from place to place, proclaiming the good news, the gospel of the kingdom. Of an evangelist's heart is for the soul, is for souls. So people can evangelize, according to Matthew 28, where it tells us to go ye therefore. This was the great commission. So we know that all of us can evangelize, but the call of an evangelist is from God, according to Ephesians 4. Another thing, um, once that evangelist go out and they're proclaiming that good news, the gospel concerning the kingdom, and people are accepting that good news, um, then they accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They are saved. They are born again. And I'll say it again, the evangelists come in and drop those people off to the local church that they're in for them to be taught concerning the kingdom of God. So an evangelist, they gather. So we learned that a, a apostle govern, a prophet does what? Point um, you in the direction of Jesus Christ. So they're there to point. They're there to give you what God is saying um, unto the body of Christ. 
um, they confirm. Then we look at the evangelist, which is that long finger, and they reach out, they gather. And after they reach out and they gather, they drop them off at the local church, and then that's when the pastor role come in. Now, I also said that even when you are an evangelist, you could, um, uh, you know, prophesy, you can walk in, uh, um, the prophetic, but the main calling is that evangelist. So if you're out and God got you evangelizing, then all of a sudden an anointing come on you, um, to prophesy the gifts of the spirit are in operation. Yes, that can happen. But the main call is that evangelist because their hearts is after winning souls for the kingdom. And also I talked about, um, the pastor. Now that's where we're going tonight. I pray that I went over everything concerning um, the evangelist to give you enough information. Um, now, when you see a true evangelist out there, they will be evangelizing. They will be proclaiming souls. That's all they be talking about is the kingdom, what the kingdom is doing. They will proclaim that good news. Some people hate to see them coming. They'll go ahead and name them. They'll go to that evangelist. Here they come. You might as well just go ahead and turn your life over right now because they ain't going to lose you until you do. <laughs> but this is where their hearts are. This is what they are anointed to do. I also mentioned that once that evangelist drop them off to the church and then the pastor come in, that evangelist also teaches the body of Christ about evangelism. The evangelists stir up other evangelism evangelists that's in the body of Christ or feel like they have a call on their life to go out and evangelize. They're in there stirring, stirring that gift up within those that's in the body of Christ. So they can come in the body of Christ and they can teach in that local um, church or sometime they may be called out to another church that may invite them and they begin to stir up the souls in that church for the kingdom of God, for preaching the kingdom, for going out and evangelizing. I'm going to give you an example. Anything that you love doing, that's what you're going to talk about the most. Everywhere you go, you're going to be proclaiming that thing. I'm, I'm going to use Kim as a beautician. Um, with her being a beautician, she can look at somebody's hair and she can tell, well, their hair is damaged. They might need to do this right here or their hair look good this way according to the shape of their face. Or, you know, this is something that they might consider doing with their hair. It's so much a part of her that even when you sit in the seat, she can see what she's doing even before she finished because that becomes so much a part of her. So people began to trust what she does and they when they go to her and something is going on with their hair they tell her you know this is what's going on with my hair and by the time she finished you know your hair is already revived because you trust in the call that's on her life to do that the anointing that's there so any um fivefold any person that's up under the fivefold the first thing that i want everybody to realize is we're supposed to all have a heart from god we're supposed to all have compassion on the people of God. And the next call I'm going over, the next office I'm going over is a pastor. Remember I told you that the evangelists drop off the ones that have accepted Jesus, that have become a part of the kingdom of God. Once they drop them off, it's time for that pastor to come in. And this is what a pastor does. It's one who tends the flock by feeding, nurturing, Guarding, protecting, and guiding. It's one who tends a flock by feeding, 
nurturing, guarding, protecting, and guiding. That's that pastor's duty. So when that evangelist drop off those people into that local church, now they're being turned over to that pastor. For that pastor to feed, to nurture, nurture means to care for um, those people, guarding, protecting, and guiding those people. Now, we want to talk about pastor in the Old Testament. We're going to go there first. A pastor in the Old Testament. I'm coming out of Jeremiah 3, verse 15. And Jeremiah 3, verse 15. I'm so glad the Holy Spirit remind me where it is because I cut off Jeremiah 3.15. Anyway, Jeremiah 3.15, it says, And I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. So who's going to give those pastors? God. So a pastor is a call of God, which that's in Ephesians 4.11. And also you can take this scripture um, to say that God is the one that calls a pastor. And he said, the pastor that I will give you is going to be a pastor according to my heart. So how would you know to recognize a pastor? You're going to recognize a pastor by love. That's the first thing. Everybody who loves people don't mean that they're a pastor. See, some people look at people and say, oh, you a pastor. Everybody that nurture people, that don't mean that they're a pastor. A pastor is going to come from God, and yes, they're going to have the heart of God. And all of us in here that are born again, we have the heart of God. We have the love of God. We have the goodness of God. All of our characteristics should represent where we're from. We're from heaven. All of us have the same father. So when we go out, we're representing his kingdom. But a pastor, it says, according to his heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. So when God set a pastor in the body of Christ, understand that he's not just setting a pastor there just for that pastor to be there. That pastor had to be prepared for what God has called him or her to do. God is just not going to give you even a novice because the Bible tells you that a novice cannot be in a, as an elder. And we're going to go through elder, bishop, and pastor, and shepherd because some people think that they are um, separate positions, but it's all in one. It's just the way that the word of God brings it out to let you know how they function in the body of Christ. So when you see the word pastor, you're looking at bishop, you're looking at elder, you're looking at uh, a shepherd. So in the Bible, it gives that man or that woman those different names, but that does not mean that you have all of that running around the house. If you want to call him an elder, that elder is still an overseer. If you want to call him a pastor, that pastor is still a shepherd and an overseer. When you look at bishop, it's still a pastor. It's still an overseer. And I'm going to give you some tonight, but we're going to go over that next time we come together because people are getting it mixed up. And this is why people don't understand the pattern of God and, and why these different names are in the word of God. It's because they just breaking it down. That pastor, too, he's a shepherd, he's a bishop, he's an um, elder, and which that means he's watching over souls, he's feeding souls, he's taking care of them. So we'll get to that. So we look at, um, 
It's after God's heart. So that pastor has to be prepared for that call that God has called him to for that office. You don't just uh, stand up there and say, I'm a pastor just to get a paycheck. It don't work like that because you have to, first of all, spend that time being trained, being raised up. I have never seen nobody in a company start out mopping a floor and then a week later they already CEO. No, they have to work their way up to the top. And if this is where they're supposed to be after they're getting trained, have y'all noticed most people that work their way to the top, they start low? And they have to know that whole company. They have to know how that company run. Why? Because when somebody else come in there, they can walk past them and see what they're doing and know how it's supposed to be done. Because by them being over that company, they set up everything according to the way it need to be. And then they get people in position to be head over this department, to be head over that apartment. But it's based upon what they have set up. So nobody's going to take a company and not know everything about that company. Why? Because guess what? People will get over on you. Just like the body of Christ, you have different things set up the way God want them to be set up because that's how heaven is. He want heaven to be here on earth. He want things to be after his pattern, his way of doing things. So we don't want to take things out of God's way of doing things because when we do it man's way, that's their way. That's not God's way. So how do we get into these fixes concerning all of this stuff in the church is because that's how man perceived it through the word and however man perceived it that's how they began to orchestrate it and that's how you see so many of this so many of that and bishops they look at bishops bishop mean overseer but that's a pastor but when people see a bishop coming that mean that that bishop oversee all the other pastors that's an apostle. A bishop is a pastor himself. So when you don't know these things, you're looking at that bishop as being the greatest thing ever. So you're going to get taught these things so you'll know how things are and how they're supposed to be so everybody will be on one accord. And I'm going to prove it through the word of God. And if you don't believe the word, then something's wrong. And the only reason why you wouldn't believe the word is because you, if you've been up on the false doctrine for so long, all of that got to be uprooted so you can hear what the spirit is saying instead of what man said and what man orchestrated. Amen. So we see here, we're talking about it has to be a man or woman after God's own heart. So God is not going to give you a pastor that don't have a heart of compassion. Let's look at um, G, um, first Samuel 13, 14, but now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord have sought him a man after his own heart and the Lord have commanded him to be captain over his people because thou has not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. We're talking about Saul here and y'all remember in the Bible, the people wanted themselves a king. First of all, they already had a king. God was their king, but they wanted to be like everybody else. They were trying to say, everybody else have a king. Why can't we have a king? So God said, I'm going to give you your king, but I'm going to let you know what your king is going to be like. 
So God told Samuel, I want you to go ahead and anoint Saul because this is what the people want. How many of us are seeing today that people come together and they select pastors? They select who they want by how height they can be, how much word they have, or who, how, you know, some of them don't even look at the criteria according to the word of God, but they look at how they bring it. And they look at um, basically how they bring it. And then they vote to say, should we have this one as the pastor of this church? And the people that they have voting is unlearned. The people that they have voting is of the world. So the people that they have voting don't even show up in Sunday school, don't even show up in church, but they show up to give a vote for the one that they want to be the pastor. That is out of order because God is the one that calls a pastor to that position. It is not man. So when we look at Jesus, when we start looking at Jesus as a pastor, we can start with Psalms 23.1. And this is where they call him a shepherd. And a shepherd is called a pastor. It said, the Lord is my shepherd to feed God and to shield me. I shall not lack. So Jesus is our shepherd. One of his names is shepherd. Why? Because he feeds us. He leads us. He guides us. He cares for us. He nurtures us. He protects us. And this is why um, David could say, the Lord is my shepherd. He was making it so personal. He said that I'm not going to lack and I'm not going to want in anything because I have a shepherd. So we have to see, first of all, Jesus as our shepherd before we see any man in that position. Why am I saying that? If you start out with the relationship with Jesus, and you know how loving he is, how caring he is, how he takes care of you, how he feeds you, how he nurtures you, how he protects you. When God sent a pastor amongst you, and you already got a relationship with Jesus, you're going to know where they're from. The problem with us is we don't spend enough time with Jesus to know him, to become acquainted with him, to know who we up under. This is why the churches are so messed up. They grab in and everybody because, you know, they're saying this is what we want. This is what the people wanted when they got Saul. Look what happened with Saul. And this is why God said, I'm going to get a man after my own heart. And when you look at the heart of God, you're going to find a man or woman that's going to be obedient to God first instead of man. And see, this is what Jesus was. He was always obedient to his father. He was always looking to his father because he knew he was a loving father. So like I said, if you spending time with Jesus, you're going to know who you up under. Because you spend so much time with him, they're going to have them same characteristics that he has because if he's raising them up to be a pastor or to be an apostle an evangelist or 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 whomever and you spend time with him nobody would be able to fool you i don't care if they come in and try to do something that god ain't told them to do the holy spirit gonna let you know that's not a pastor after my own heart Because a pastor is going to always love you. A pastor is going to always protect you. And guess what? A a pastor protect you to the point of that they take the whooping. 
so you can go on. They'll take what you should have taken. Is that not what Jesus did? Jesus took all of that for us because he loved us, because he cared for us, because he's our protector. See, there's so many people coming up against pastors, coming up against the ones that God have put in place because they they don't have that relationship with God the way they need to have that relationship. The closer you get with God, you're going to know who you labor amongst. You're going to know who you're around. I don't care how they try to sugarcoat it. I, I'm going to use this word my husband used all the time. When, when Aria's driving and he's telling her to pull in there, he said, Aria, back up and shake it up a little bit. And I'm like, shake it up a little bit? What do you mean by shake it up a little bit? Don't shake me up no more than I'm shaking in this back seat. But he said, that's a term. I'm like, well, to me it's like, shake it up. What's she getting ready to do? But <laughs> the more you around a person, so now when he say, shake it up a little bit, I'm like, y'all go and shake it up, girl. Shake it up a little bit. Get on up in there. Because I understand what he's saying. So I'm, I'm, I'm not sitting there trying to second guess it. He explained it to me. So the more time you spend with somebody, you're going to know their language. You're going to know what they're about. So guess what? When Jesus left the scene, they knew so much about him. They knew so much about his language that when he did leave the comforter, they knew what to expect because they already been with the comforter. They already been with someone that would teach them, that would love on them, that would care for them, that would protect them. So when the Holy Spirit spoke, they just said, yes, Jesus, because they already been with Jesus. So let me ask you a question. What's going on in the church When you have someone placed in the church that God has put there and you rebel, you ain't where you need to be with him. Because you're supposed to always submit to authority. You don't supposed to be coming back and say, well, I think you're supposed to submit. Because when you look at the walk of Jesus, even his mother said, whatever he say, do it. She was his mother. She even come to trust what her own son was saying. Come on, who in the world as parents, you got a child, and that child is beginning to say, now listen here, mama. You need, I know, boy, you ain't told me that I need to do, what, back up a little bit now. But she recognized his call. And she said, the call that's on your life is higher than who I am to you. And when we recognize that, we won't buck up against whom God has put in place. It ain't for us to buck up against whom he has put in place. It is for us to pray and say, God, I don't understand where they're coming from. But Holy Spirit, you got to show me because anybody that God has put in place, they're not going to tell you nothing outside of this word. But the problem is when you don't know what the word is saying, you say they're wrong. So this is why we have to develop our relationship with Jesus, who is our shepherd. David had a relationship so with Jesus. Go to Psalms 23. Y'all, this is some good stuff, ain't it? Man, I was going to really load y'all up tonight. I was going to go to the next session, but I had to pull the reins. Psalms 23, when he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. 
David was making this personal because he knew Jesus as his what? Shepherd. And he said, being that he is my shepherd, he said, I shall not want. And look at what this shepherd does. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. That means he's, he's not going to take me to some dried up field. He's going to let me lie down in some green pastures. When you see green, you know it's flourishing. When you see green, you know it's good. He said, he leadeth me beside the still waters. That means when you see still waters, it's a place of rest. So see, David trusted Jesus so much. He had to begin to do a psalm dealing with this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. This is where we start off first, getting to know him as our shepherd. When we get to know him as our shepherd, like I said, when he puts you up under a shepherd, then you will know if he or she is for real because you got to know him as your shepherd. This is why the apostles got to know Jesus so well that when the Holy Spirit came to live on the inside of them, they knew who he represented. And that's how we supposed to be. And then there in the Bible, it says in John 10, Verse 2 through verse 4, it says, But he that entered in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Jesus is that door. He's the shepherd of the sheep. He's the one that leads. He's the one that guides. He's the one that protects. He's the one that nurtures. And it says, To him the porter opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he go before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. So we should know Jesus' voice. Why should we know his voice? Because we spend time with him. And the Holy Spirit speaks on his behalf. So the Holy Spirit said, I'm only going to testify what Jesus is saying, what the truth is saying. So when we spend time with him and come acquainted with him, when he speak, we're going to follow him. The Bible says that he goes first and we follow him. So we're going to follow his direction. We're going to follow his leading. Those sheep trust the shepherd so much that they were saying, wherever the shepherd take us, that's where I'm going. They said that sheep is dumb. You know what they said? They said a sheep will go off a cliff in a minute. That's why they got that shepherd to lead them and guide them. Because sometimes we can get in stuff we shouldn't get in. And that shepherd will see what you're in. And they'll begin to pull you back and say, uh-uh, you can't go that way. Uh-uh, that's not what you should be saying. Uh-uh, that's not what you should be doing. This is what the word says. But do you know people get so offended and so mad? Well, you always telling me. You don't tell Teresa what you tell. What has this got to do with Teresa? I'm talking to you. See, everybody always puts somebody else in something. Well, this one done it. Ain't that what children do? I'm talking to you. I'm seeing what you done. You shouldn't have to tell what nobody else done. I remember I always would tell my son anytime that they have something going on on the job or they say he might have done this, the first thing my son would say was, well, so-and-so, I said, I who they calling in? He said, me, mama. I say, they want to talk to you. They don't want to talk about what nobody else done. 
that big jolly green giant went on up in there and said, well, I was just doing. He said, well, I'm talking to you. Is that not what we do? So that shows our arrogance. That shows that we know better than the top dog know. When we go stand before somebody, it don't matter what they've done and what you see them do. When they pull you in, it's all about you. It ain't nothing about them because if you're right, your shepherd, which is Jesus, he's going to protect you. He's going to be there to fight your battle because he said, vengeance is mine, I shall repay. So you don't have to go in there trying to justify yourself because you already been justified. And that's how it's supposed to be, even in the body of Christ. Quit putting other people in something when you're the one getting called in. That shows a lack of who you've been with. Because even when Jesus was on the cross, do y'all know when this man was on the cross, the Bible said, now this is the part that really got me. Yes, y'all, thorns in his head. But when it got to the part, and y'all know the nails, they say those, those nails were seven inches right there in his palm, both. Nail in his feet. Y'all know the feet come together, and there go the nail. But then when it got to the part, y'all, that wasn't enough. Come on, you're already crucifying him. But then you're going to spit in his face. All I'm going to go up to his face, can you imagine all the spit that's coming in your face and you can't even wipe it off? And Jesus said nothing, not a mumbling word. And we, come on now, is that not being humble? Is that not showing care? He didn't do nothing, but he cared. The shepherd cares so much about us. Come on, he didn't say nothing. And the last thing he said, he said this, forgive them for they know not what they do. But then he said another word. It is finished. Because he know everything has been accomplished. So if you spend time with him like that, and you know what he done for you, when he put you up under someone to represent him, you should be just as loving to them as you were to him because he's in them. What's happening, church? What's happening, church? We try to decide what need to be done, how it need to be done, and how the pastor should have done this, and how the pastor should have done that, and who the pastor should have put here, and who the pastor should have put there, and why ain't I doing this, and why ain't I doing that? We, we, we waste time. But then the Bible goes on to tell us in... Hebrews 13, 20. This is where he's called the great shepherd. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant. They called him a great shepherd. Why is he the great shepherd? Because he is over all the under shepherds. He's over. He's the great shepherd. So we should look at him above every pastor, every bishop, every elder. He's above all of all of them. That's that one title. And here go another one where we call him the chief 
shepherd. He's above all. 1 Peter 5, 4. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. So he is the um, chief shepherd. Here go another one. 1 Peter 2, 25. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. That bishop main overseer, guardian of your souls. It is still a pastor. It is still a shepherd. And it's still an elder. So when you see that word bishop, it's in that office of a pastor. But it's breaking it down with these different words to let you know the different um, meanings of pastor. I'll give you an example. I don't know about y'all, but um, our children, we'll give them a name. I know my daughter's name is Ariel, but when she was born and I held her, I say, hey, Mima, not Mima, it was um, Mama, because she reminded me of a little woman. I said, hey, Mama. So while she was growing up, I called her Mama. And that's what people began to identify her as, but her name was Ariel. But when I called that name, they knew it was still Ariel. So that's just how it is when you look at Bishop, he's still a pastor. He's still a shepherd. He's still an elder, but he's known by bishop as well. But that don't mean that that name is above everything. It doesn't. So that's why in the Bible you see the different names of pastor, which is broken down as bishop, shepherd, overseer. Is it presbytery? That's one, too. So this is why you have these different names. So people took those different names and began to set them in the church. That's what they did. They began to set them in the church and say, you got to go to elder, then you go to pastor, then when you go to pastor, when you go to bishop, you'll be over the elders, and then you'll be over the pastors, and then you'll be um, shepherding. That's what it is. So we're going to go over that next time so people understand where all this is coming from. So we see that he is the shepherd and bishop of our souls, meaning that he's the one that lead us. He's the one that guide us. He's the one that feeds us. He's the one that nurture us. He's our overseer. He watches over our soul. So then the next verse is, I'm going to show you how all of this come to play in the word. Let's look at Matthew 9, 36. Matthew 9, 36 says, when he saw the crowds, he felt sorry. He had compassion for them because they were hurting, distressed, confused, and harassed, and helpless, discouraged, dejected, like sheep without a shepherd. So when Jesus saw these people, he saw their hurt. He saw their discouragement. He saw all of this stuff. So he said they were like sheep without a shepherd. I'm going to break it down some more. In Mark 6, 32 through 44. Mark 6, 32 through 44. And they departed into a desert place by ship privately. And the people saw them departing. And many knew him and ran their foot thither out of all the cities and outwent them and came together unto him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion towards them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd and he began to teach them many things so see when you have a pastor that pastor is going to have compassion on those sheep 
he's going to see what they're like lacking. And he's going to come in and he's going to feed them. He's going to nurture them. He's going to care for them. When a pastor, um, when a shepherd feeds a sheep, he's helping that sheep to what? Grow. So this is what Jesus was doing. He began to teach them. After Jesus taught them, guess what? The disciples told them this. And the day was now far spent. His disciples came and said unto him, this is a deserted place and now the time is far past. Send them away that they may go into the country round about into the villages and buy themselves bread for they have nothing to eat. And then Jesus began to say, you give them something to eat. Now, this is where we see the two fish, five loaves of bread. Look how he's taking care of those sheep. He didn't send them away hungry. He was giving them what they need. When you have a good pastor, they're not going to give you just a nugget. They're not going to start you off with really meat to choke you. They're going to start you off with milk. And they're going to make sure that you grow into that mature person that you need to grow into by allowing the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher to help you get to maturity, to help you to get where you need to be in Christ, to the fullness, to the maturity of Christ, until we all come into the unity of the faith, until we all believe in the same thing. We're going to have some rebellious sheep. We're going to have some with some polka dots on them too. Yes, we are. We're going to have some that look different from others, and it's up under the same sheepfold. But that's when the pastor recognizes, or that's when the prophet is in the house. See, this is why every office has to work together, because we're doing the same thing for the kingdom of God. It's nobody trying to be better. It don't supposed to be nobody trying to be better than anybody else, but you stay in your lane. You stay where you put to do what the kingdom has called you to do. So Jesus was being a shepherd. He said, these sheep are being scattered. These sheep need to be fed. These sheep need to grow. They need to be protected. They need to be nurtured. So Jesus spent that time nurturing them. He spent that time loving on them. And he knew the time was far spent. So he said, these sheep are hungry. So he knew it was his responsibility to feed those sheep. So he began to to um, feed them, nurture them, disciple them. They were followers of Jesus Christ. Why were people following Jesus like that? Because of the love. When a pastor, when you got a pastor after the heart of God, they're going to love you outside of you. They're going to see in you what nobody else see. They're going to bind up your wounds. They're going to mend your broken heart. They're going to take the fall for you. They're going to go ahead of you. To make sure that everything is okay. So that's why you follow the pastor. You don't get ahead of the pastor. You got people thinking, I can do better than you. And they get big headed and try to go ahead of the pastor. And then they get their own groups. Come to my house. I want to teach you some things. I want to bring that out to you a little bit more. Let's meet over here at this time. That's when confusion take place. So you have to be careful who you are laboring amongst. By knowing Um, the ascension gifts, knowing what Jesus have left in the body of Christ, it is just God's hand. It's just Jesus right here in the body of Christ, the apostle, the prophet, 
the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. It is himself right here with us in the body of Christ. That's why people have to be taught so they know what whom they are amongst so there won't be no division. There won't be no discord in the body. You stay in your lane because every joint supplies. So we make sure that we're doing what he has called us to do and keeping his pattern and not trying to change things around because we haven't got revelation on it. So that's why you see so many churches out of order with their way of doing things and not the way the word of God tell you to do it. And also we got to understand that you got people that's holding on to the pastor so much when a pastor um, mature, um, get a, a sheep where they need to be. He let that sheep go. And what I mean is that sheep is mature enough um, and have the word of God enough to go out and disciple somebody else. But guess what the apostle will do over that house? The apostle will know if that sheep is nourishing enough. The apostle going to know if that sheep have everything it needs through the fivefold operating for them to go ye therefore. Some people are not ready to go ye therefore. How do I know? Because you don't get in your word enough. You don't have enough backup. And some people are trying to go, and then they can't even remember anything that they learned because they just get head knowledge, but it become heart knowledge, so they don't know what to say or how to say it. When you get it in your heart, when you begin to open your mouth, everything begins to flow. It's a constant, a constant flow. So that's it for pastor. Not, no, they ain't it for pastor. I got more for pastor. <laughs> but that's it for tonight. So I pray that everyone has gotten something out of this teaching that will help you along the way to give you understanding so far um, dealing with the pastor. And next Tuesday, we will not have Bible study. Next Tuesday, we will not have Bible study. So you got plenty enough time to digest this. Do anybody have anything um, dealing with the evangelists that they learned that they want to share tonight? Anyone? Okay, we all good. I'm going to have the deacons to come up at this time. We'll do our offering, and we will be dismissed.